Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast where we grapple with issues related to education. Uh, this is Craig, and I'm here with Kate. Hello. And um, before we tackle uh, the the new issue for this podcast, which is sort of a uh, an extension of the last podcast, we want to talk about a couple of um, responses that we got from some of the listeners. Um, Dean from Ohio uh, wrote to us and talked about um, issues that he has with homework and how he sees as a parent that the nature of homework has changed due largely to state requirements. Um, That now he sees teachers teaching students how to do things in certain ways because that's the way that they're covered on state mandated tests. Mm -hmm. And um, I think Dean is exactly right. I think that's very true. Uh, I think that not only do parents struggle with that, but I think teachers struggle with that too. So there are ways that things used to be taught, and Dean actually talks about that using an example of of math with his son, um, that is taught differently from the way that Dean learned it in school. And, And now it's taught differently because that's the way that it's tested by the state, but then that's how it has to be practiced at home Mm -hmm. in the nature of homework. And so that just sort of makes things a little bit more frustrating for parents because now parents have to learn a different way of doing Mm -hmm. something as well. So, uh, so Dean, thanks for writing in because uh, we really do appreciate that feedback. Yeah, no, and Dean brings up a really good point because in meetings with parents, I hear that a lot, that the math is going home and it's not the way that they were taught in school, um, yet their, you know, their own child can't tell them the exact way and the examples are hard uh, to follow. So I, that's a really good point he brings up. I uh, heard back from Megan. She's a fourth grade teacher in Ohio and she brings up uh, another really good point about the new demands uh, with the standards combined with the increased number of students who receive services um, and students who have attention and focus challenges, she feels that teaching a material to mastery within just the classroom is very difficult. And in order to teach mastery to the students, it really needs to be practiced. So therefore, she does send it home to be practiced. Uh, and students need to be able to go home and practice there as well. And that's the purpose of homework is just to practice and mm-hmm. that they can't do in class because of the time limits. And you have to stop a lesson and reteach and continue to make sure that the majority of your students get it. Then practice needs to be done at home and so forth. And um, so she brings up a really good point. And so that leads when we left the last podcast. I was kind of, you know, afterwards I thought, oh my gosh, so now we brought up this great issue of homework. What do we do about grading homework? And I know I always struggled with that as an educator because we do need to send homework home to get that practice in, but then when it comes back and you are checking it, monitoring it in class, collecting it, do you grade it? Do you not grade it? Maybe you some you grade some while you don't grade others, and how do you know the the student actually did it? Um, but I I don't want to I, I don't know I gave a participation grade because if it was done then that's an effort. So what are your feelings on it? Yeah, so this this grading 
grading is a whole huge issue in and of itself. But if we just you know focus on grading homework, uh, I think Kate's right. You know there are different perspectives on this. Some people we've all had teachers who only grade homework for participation and effort. Um, so if you try the homework, um, especially if it's you know a set of new skills that you're you're practicing for the first time. Um, then participation may make sense. Um, but in a minute, I'll talk about a drawback to that too. And in fact, it makes a lot of sense if you think about grading homework for right and wrong when they are skills that you may have learned that day. So if you learn something new in math or you learn something new in science or whatever, uh, and now you're, you've got an assignment where you are practicing it for so, the first time. So you're applying those skills that yeah, you needed you're, to right, learn that day. Right. You're applying it for the first time. Okay. You learned those skills less than 24 hours ago. Mm -hmm. Would we expect students to do really well? So, I mean, I certainly wouldn't. Um, so, I mean, there may be simpler okay. examples where they could do well. Uh, but you know, if, if you increase the problems or the questions in complexity, they may not do as well because they really haven't had enough time to practice and master those skills. So grading them for right or wrong, I think sometimes puts students at a disadvantage mm -hmm. because if those grades are then being factored into um, you know, uh, summative grades for grading periods or for a semester or for an entire academic year, then that potentially hurts a student because the expectation was that you get everything right, even though we just taught you how to we do just, it earlier okay. today. So every piece of homework should be looked at differently then, depending on what your outcome should be. I think that's, that's a potential way to look at it. Now, Granted, that makes things a lot more difficult for teachers because there isn't just a blanket homework policy then. Well, there shouldn't be. No, well, you're absolutely right. But I think <laughs> we all know, we've all had teachers in our lifetimes who had blanket homework policies. And usually, when I was growing up, the blanket homework policy was that you came in the next day and you graded whatever you did. You traded papers or you graded your own and then you turned those oh, in. Oh, wait, you trade papers to grade? No, oh, <laughs> no, wait. That's oh, another, wait, no, that's, that's a different, a different issue. <laughs> I didn't say, I said we were forced to do it oh, as that, a student. That's a long time ago. Um, yeah, right, that was sure, before, yeah, because nobody does that anymore. <laughs> um, but, um, but the problem with that is that uh, regardless of how you do on that, if those points are then rolled into grades for grading periods. Mm -hmm. I've seen teachers who have had, I'm just using an, a, a simple example off the top of my head, but maybe there's a thousand points in a grading period that students can earn, but five or 600 of those points are homework points. Right, and that's And so now, for practicing brand new skills where you really shouldn't reasonably expect students to do well the first time out anyway, now over half of the points that are going into their grades are coming from that one single type of assignment. Yeah, but how about if you just gave a participation grade? So as long as you turned it in, you got those points, and that's going to boost your grade, and it's never going to show if you actually mastered the material. No, if that's more, well. If there are more points than the actual tests. Exactly, and that's a that's a problem that I have with participation grades. Anyway, is that if you think, and, and I'm I'm thinking now probably more about older students, maybe secondary, maybe middle school and high school, mm -hmm. for, for sake of argument right now. And if you think about it, you know, if a student earns uh, a grade of A in Algebra 1, 
then the implication is that that student has, for the most part, mastered the content of Algebra 1 that was taught during that grading period. However, if a lot of the points that were calculated into that grade of A were based on yeah. not just homework, but participation homework. Oh, okay. So every night you got 10 problems, I walked around as the teacher the next day and you showed me check, your paper, check, and if you had check. 10 problems yeah. done, you got 10 points, then that grade of A mm -hmm. is inaccurate. Right. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that. It may be inaccurate. Uh, because it could be that the student did master it. But you but don't you, know. But we don't know that. Sure. And those points are being awarded to that student as if the student had mastered that content because at the end of the grading period, that's what the letter grade of A mm -hmm. should mean. At the same time, if a student fails, you know, part of that could be because of, because of the fact that the student didn't do homework. Mm -hmm. Doesn't necessarily mean that the student didn't master the content but didn't fulfill that part of the grade by completing right. homework, and that then hurt that student in terms of calculating yeah. that final grade. Yeah. And, and how do you know if the student did the homework? Well, that's a long... And, like, and a, then you, because you want parent participation, and I know students also go to tutors. Mm-hmm. So you send home these practice math problems, practice, you know, sentence writing, diagramming sentences, whatever you're doing, and you have parents who do homework, even though we want parents to participate at home, and you have the tutors doing homework, which we saw, we, we, I, we've experienced that. Mm -hmm. It's, I, I, you know, we just, we talked about this last time, we talked about our son as an example, and you know, there were so many times with him, um, probably in particular in secondary, but I think it happened in elementary school as well, where the grades that he got, we know, we knew, didn't reflect what he either did or did not learn in a given class over the course of a, of a term or a grading period. Just because the grade itself was influenced by either lots of homework, mm -hmm. positively or negatively, or there was one single huge project that they had to do that basically counted for 50 or 60 or 75% of the grade for that term. And so it doesn't really matter what you do any, any other time, it really just mattered okay. what you did on that. Okay, so I'm gonna bring something up that I know will get you a little hot, but that's okay. <laughs> So how about when you have a student bring in something for extra credit that has nothing to do with the curriculum to help boost his or her grade, such as um, canned goods for the homeless shelter or, um, well, let's just stop there, yeah. anything yeah. that, uh, but you can earn extra credit in my course if you bring in a box of Kleenex for the classroom. Yeah. Uh, yeah, don't get me started on that one. Again, it's the same idea, right? So, so that grade has just been enhanced or increased because of something that was completely unrelated to the content of that course that is supposed to be represented by the grade. And so I have known teachers throughout my career in education for 30 plus years that have done that regularly. And Kate gave a good example, right? You bring Kleenexes in because that way the teacher doesn't have to pay for Kleenexes out of her pocket. Right. Or, um, uh, you know, I, I knew of a teacher who was very, very pro uh, animal shelters and, and adopting um, animals and so forth. And so she loved to make donations to local animal shelters. And so she would um, charge her kids, or 
you know, offer them extra credit mm -hmm. if they would bring in mm -hmm. bags of dog food and cat food that she could yeah. take to the shelters. Right. Again, it's a wonderful gesture. Oh, I, she's a wonderful teacher. I pat she's her a on wonderful the back. person. Yeah. But, but there were, she had, she actually had different levels of extra credit. They all were related to animal shelters, but depending on what you did, you got, you know, more and more mm -hmm. extra credit. Yeah. And so I think that if you brought in like, it was like two or three bags of dog food or cat food, that whatever letter grade you earned that grading period, she would increase it by one entire letter grade. Oh, I don't remember that. But yeah. uh, regardless, yeah. yes, we want to have our students be compassionate about a cause, but it should not affect their letter grades. It shouldn't be in the grade book. Right. So... Well, I can tell you just real quickly what I what I always used to do, and I'll tell you what the response was too. When I was teaching high school science, I always had kids come to me asking me for mm -hmm. extra credit, yeah. and so they they would say, you know, can we bring in an article that we but, find in the newspaper? But usually, and, it was after they failed a test. Well, it was it was usually <laughs> about two weeks before the grading period ended right. when they knew they were getting a failing grade. <laughs> they grades, were calculating their grade, so they were desperate, uh -huh. um, which is which is fine. But so I, I decided very early on in my career that I have no problem giving extra credit, but it's going to be something that's related to the content of the course. So I used to give my students a one page handout with anywhere from eight to 10 different ideas for extra credit activities, anywhere from 10 points to like 50 points, but they were all science related. And as much as possible, they were related specifically to the things that we had studied during that nine week grading period. Um, and so, you know, you could, you could earn 20 points by, yes, you could find an article in the newspaper related to science, but you then had to write a three-page paper about mm -hmm. what that article says and what it means to you and what it means to the world or whatever. And how you can relate it to the class. And how you could relate it to sure. what we're studying in the class and, sure. and so forth and so on. And um, once I started doing that, I probably saw 150 students a day. I probably had three or four that would ever take me up on those up. Well, then it was work. <laughs> but in my mind, if it's going to improve your grade, then it A, it does need to be to work, class, and B, yeah. it needs to be related to what we're studying in class. I agree. So. I totally agree with that. So, so what's our takeaway? When, you, when we're talking about grading, and regardless if it's homework or whatever assignment it is, what's your takeaway? I think the biggest takeaway that... that what I hope that people would take away is that, well, first of all, grading is a, grading is a sensitive topic for teachers because many teachers, if you question them on their grades, they'll get very defensive. Oh, absolutely, because they don't want to do anything wrong. I right, mean, and, no. they, right. and right. they don't want to be called out right. that they're doing something wrong. And again, mm -hmm. I'm not saying that we're accusing them of doing something wrong, but they are doing things that probably do not accurately reflect student performance in their mm -hmm. class when they're doing those kinds of things. So the, for me, my hope is that what people take away from this is that when you think about grading in your classrooms or if you're parents and you think about how your student, your child's work is graded, that you at least be very reflective about how you grade and what your grading practices are to really sort of examine, you know, is this a good policy that I'm using? Is it really and truly fair to the student? Is it going to be at the end of the day, at the end of the year, is, the, is this grade and all of the things that comprise that grade, are they going to be fair to the student in terms of being accurate? So I'm not talking about being fair to the student like every student needs to pass. That's not what I mean. 
Um, what I mean is, does the grade that they get accurately reflect your impression of what they learned, what they, learned, yeah. what they mastered in your mm -hmm. class? Right. Yeah. And if you can do that by incorporating extra credit, and if you're, if, if you're comfortable with the nature of your grading policies based on that one single sort of um, accuracy issue, then in all likelihood, I have no problem with whatever you do and however you do it. Mm -hmm. So I would just ask professional educators to be extremely reflective about and, and critically reflective about how they grade and what goes into calculating those grades in an effort mm -hmm. to be accurate. Yeah. What about you? I agree. It has to reflect what the student has learned. Um, and when they walk out of my classroom, do they know the content? And I, I think that's important. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. um, I, I don't know. Grades are a hard and, and subject because when do you start grading? You know, I've seen schools down to kindergarten give letter grades. Kindergarten, mm -hmm. first grade. And I really struggle with that. And, and why do we put a letter grade on everything um, for our students? And I, I don't know. Yeah, and I can tell you, you know, this is not some, this is not a, a PK twelve issue. This is a PK sixteen mm -hmm. or PK twenty issue because right. I've seen some of these same grading habits and right. problems with my um, professor colleagues mm -hmm. at in institutions of higher ed. Right. So a lot of them do the same kind of thing, mm -hmm. and and it really makes me cringe because. For a lot of these kinds of things, especially when you're in high school and in college, there are some, well, even in elementary school, there are consequences to the grades that are given Absolutely. to students. But in high school and college, there are some really serious, or potentially serious consequences but, related to those grades. But I think even down to elementary school, because when you're building that self-confidence within oh, yeah. students and you're labeling them with grades and it's so competitive, especially with social media and parents getting involved and... I just think all the way down to to kindergarten, it gets so competitive with the grades. And yeah. we, you know, we want our students to be good in every subject. We want our, our own child, we wanted him to earn good grades. Well, why? I mean, as an adult, we're not perfect in everything we do. So, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's difficult. And, you know, there, there were times with our son again as an example when his grades may not have been the best that they could but we also knew that he had learned quite a bit mm -hmm. in a given class so even though he got a b or he got a yeah. c that he he worked hard for that and learned mm -hmm. something so now I think that's the bottom line. but at the same time yeah. we also know that there were times that he earned b's yes. and c's and he didn't work hard so and yes. and, and he and he wanted to take the dog food in to get the grade and, bumped and up and, and sometimes he did admittedly yes, he did. you know yes he did we're and educators but we're also parents so we know, also we play I, the game if we have to it's you know it, we it's, put a lot of pressure on our children to perform and get good grades all right but just so everybody out there knows yeah. when we Send him to school with the dog food. Yeah. I cringed a lot. <laughs> All right, just so everybody out there knows that. Um, uh, so, anything else? We want no, to I think that's good. Listen, the one last thing that I want to leave you with is uh, I just want to mention to everybody that we are now officially in the iTunes store. Oh, so, if you would true. like to subscribe to the podcast through iTunes, you can do that. Of course, it's free of charge, and that way you'll you'll uh, automatically download episodes. 
uh, without having to tune into uh, our feeds on Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn and yeah. so forth. So yeah, and also if you have a topic that you would like for us to discuss, um, please drop us a message either through uh, Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. I think you even posted on Instagram, didn't you? No, Twitter, LinkedIn, and, and oh, uh, okay. Facebook. Okay. So yeah, just uh, let us know. I mean, we have a, a list of topics that we plan to address in the near future. Uh, but if there's something that you would would be interested in hearing our take on, mm-hmm. um, please share that with us. Yeah. And as we said last time too, please give us any feedback, uh, positive, negative, you know, just your perspective or your experiences related to this particular podcast. And uh, as we did with this one, we'll we'll share some of those at the yeah. beginning of the next podcast. Absolutely. Oh, and maybe we'll have a guest next time because oh. our our son is supposed to be home in two weeks and. He is very interested. He is um, possibly going to be a future educator. He is definitely uh, interested in the field. So maybe he'll show up and give his two cents on a topic. (laughs) He has some good, he has some good perspectives. Yes, he does. He has interesting perspectives because he now has the perspective of a future professional educator, either at the PK 12 or higher education level, but he also still has the student attitude (laughs) um, and he also has two professional education parents so uh but but he uh we always appreciate having conversations with him about these things because uh, he always gets us to look at them a little bit differently than we might otherwise yes he does so So, all right thanks everybody until next time uh we hope to see you again soon bye-bye bye